Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. I know it's been a really long time, so welcome back. And uh, welcome back, Eric, as well. Um, Thank you. My forever co-host. So we've got a really interesting topic, and I'm really excited about this one because, A, it's not paranormal, even though I, I still have an interest in the paranormal guys, but I think we've talked so much about the paranormal we need something a little bit different so this is going to be super interesting but uh eric man you know we had a uh crime crack um released just about a week or so ago um how's the week been going how's everything been going with you are you excited for paratruth what's going on man yeah uh i mean the week's been going all right it's been kind of crazy you know i've been fortunate fortunate enough to still be in work and, you know, it's crazy out there, guys. I kind of wish I was at home like everybody else, but <laughs> not happening. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It, it's cool because it's also given us, given myself like a lot of time to reflect on uh, what I'm doing and not doing, especially in terms of entertainment and radio shows and all that stuff. Um, so it's kind of cool to kind of think about like, wow, now that there's so much time on my hands, what have I been doing lately? Um <laughs> But, you know, I'm like, I'm really excited to be doing this, the episode today. We've been on, off of Paratruth for four months, three months, four months, something like that. It's been, mm. it's been a while. Um, I know we've talked about doing episodes here and there if we ever came up with one. And sure enough, we came up with one. Uh, so I'm kind of excited for this one because it's interesting. We've talked about, you know, this type of topic before, but not quite in the situation or circumstance that we're finding it today. Right, right. So you had found this, uh, I guess let's get a little bit in depth with, um, what we are coming across. So Eric texted me and he, uh, told me that he had found an interesting article about COVID-19 and, uh, I guess it's not really nightmares, but very vivid dreams. And I guess some people it would be considered nightmares, but tell us a little bit about what you came across. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been some interesting stories, especially from psychologists, uh, psychiatrists who have found recently that they have a lot of patients coming to them uh, stating that they're having extra vivid dreams, things that most people don't actually have on a regular basis are these vivid dreams. Um, But not only are they having vivid dreams, but a lot of them are having very similar dreams. Uh, Some of them are matching up almost precisely and some of them are, you know, a little, little off kilter or whatnot. Uh, but some of the main aspects to the dreams are tidal waves and monsters. 
and many of these monsters are taking the form of bugs. Uh, they don't go into specifics as to what type of bugs, but they have ideas as to why people are dreaming of bugs or tidal waves. And what's really interesting about this is that, of course, it has to do with COVID because it only began over the last several months after COVID came sweeping through the nation and around the world. Um, what ended up happening was people kind of became secluded. Uh, people are having these vivid dreams and some who are like uh, working on the front lines, doctors, nurses, uh, they're actually having more horrific style dreams or nightmares uh, because of the type of things they're seeing. And there was this weird connection between the two of them. But one of the big studies was why is it that nurses and doctors and, you know, people working on the front line have these, scarier dreams still very vivid while these other people are having almost hallucinogenic type dreams or dreams that are very uh unrealistic i suppose uh mm -hmm. they're saying like for example the bugs for example you know uh why are people dreaming about bugs or why are people having these weird flying dreams or like why is abraham lincoln showing up at random times in these people's <laughs> dreams you know um and one of the big things that they've come across is the idea that because people are stuck at home and a lot of people especially the current older generation in their 30s and 40s playing video games and stuff like that a lot of that contributes to what their dream the type of dreams they're having so if you're in like virtual reality and like video games or uh, anything like that it kind of backspins and gets implanted into your dream as well uh, whereas people on the front lines they're literally seeing their hallways just scattered with dead bodies and people having trouble breathing they're on you know respirators and things like that and they're having these nightmares about the actual situation not so much these weird odd situation you know bug-like creatures or tidal waves um so in a sense they're very much similar because they both correspond to the same topic and that is COVID-19 but depending on where you're working or what you're doing these individuals are having vastly different types of dreams still surrounding the same situation mm -hmm. now I, I as I read through this article, I, I was thinking about some of the explanations they gave and about, um, you know, basically people's minds are, are getting bored for the most part, mm -hmm. it sounds like. So um, it, is there anything that they're suggesting, like have doctors suggested or researchers suggested anything to kind of calm that? Yeah, so it, it's it's an interesting suggestion and it's kind of, it's kind of a ballpark and you got to hit this one out of the left field if you're going to do it because it's just not perfect. You know, it's a suggestion and it happens. It's very, apparently very common and works pretty well, but it's not perfect. And one of the things that is very important to try and do if you're having trouble with this type of experience. Okay. Uh, so Dr. Barrett, I think it's Deirdre is, is her name. Uh, she's a psychologist at Harvard Medical School. And for the past four decades, she's been studying dreams. Uh, and of course, lately has been dealing with a lot of people who have been handling or going through this type of situation with these vivid dreams. Uh, and she's been talking with the Los Angeles Times and The Cut, and Vice and Yahoo Sports about this type of thing. And one of the things that she suggested is that in order to kind of 
help yourself find freedom from these weird or even horrific nightmares is to try to visualize something else as you're falling asleep. The idea is to trick your mind and implant a dream of your own. Uh, basically, what you're trying to do is control the thought or whatever that dream is going to be. So, for example, uh, she used flying. And the thought is, as you're falling asleep, think about flying. Focus on it. Repeat it over and over and over. And as you drift asleep and you hit that REM stage, you might find yourself dreaming about flying. And if you have trouble kind of focusing or thinking, then you can also take a picture, a photograph, look at it before turning your light off at night of somebody flying and then drift off to sleep. And sure enough, maybe you'll have a dream about flying. Uh, and again, this is something that isn't perfect. It doesn't work every time, but it's, according to her, pretty accurate and pretty common for people to actually control the type of dreams they have by simply focusing on what it is they want to think about or dream about as they're sleeping. Um, and one of the things that's really interesting about this whole thing, though, about, about dreams in general, is that it usually takes place in your REM sleep, and you typically have a dream every 90 minutes um, for relatively short bursts of time in your REM sleep because we fluctuate between REM and you, know, you wake up a little bit and then you fall back to sleep and you hit that REM again. And nobody really knows why exactly we dream during those 90 minute intervals. Um, but there's some thought that when we're dreaming and our brain is kind of relaxing and rebooting itself, it has to wake up every 90 minutes for some reason, whether it's to have some type of control or as part of the re rebooting process or whatever, um, this tends to happen. And most of us don't realize that we even dream but there's a good chance that we dream maybe seven or eight times a night and we only remember one or two or maybe none at all. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like it's, it's not so much now as it was in the past with like, uh, with electronics and whatnot, where you have to turn it off for like 30 seconds. It used to be like two minutes, but now it's 30 right. seconds. Some people even say 10 seconds before you reboot it so that it can reset itself. Um, I mean, the brain is basically a, in essence, a supercomputer. So kind of makes sense um, as far as why it would, why it would do that. But at the same time, it, it is a little odd. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I mean, you and I both have had vivid dreams in the past, almost to the point that they are, in our minds, 100% real. And mm -hmm. I think that makes a, a little bit of sense with a bored brain too, because it's trying to create things for you to recognize, especially in your dreams. But um, what um, what are some of the dreams other than the, the bugs and the, the uh, tidal waves? Uh, you had mentioned Abraham Lincoln, which I saw in the... Um, mm -hmm in the article, is there anything else like people are reporting? You know, it didn't go into too much detail as to uh, who's experiencing what and what the similarities are. But one of the things that they mentioned is why people might be having a dream about a tidal wave or why a ton of bugs. And one of the big things to that they believe is a constant is that the coronavirus is an invisible monster. 
it's something that kind of sweeps through, hits just random people, and then that person ends up dying or getting extremely ill, um, and then it moves on. And we don't know when it's coming, where it's coming from, or where it's gone. Uh, and so what the mind does is it tries to take something that's invisible and make it visible. And it shows up mm. like a tidal wave coming in off the shores, just sweeping over the land, destroying everything. Or like a, you know, a, a swarm of insects or bugs coming in out of nowhere like a plague and just sweeping over everything, eating all the plants, destroying life. Uh, and that's type of the way, like the way the mind is working now with a lot of people, uh, because we don't know what the virus looks like and we can't see it. The mind is going to do everything it can to explain it, at least for those people who tend to stress over the virus and the thought of it, you know? Um, so some of those dreams though, have been like people getting attacked by bugs uh, whether they're being surrounded by them and swarmed or even eaten by them. Uh, and tidal waves, of course, they're dreaming of their own homes being destroyed, their families being taken away, uh, things like that. So it's a lot of like loss. Ideas of loss, I think, mm -hmm. is the big constant. Right. So I guess I, I, I haven't experienced this because as I don't know if it's because I am still working or if it's just because I haven't, I guess I haven't really had as much of a scare in comparison to some people that are in the medical field or have known somebody that have caught it. Have you been having any experiences like this? Any out of the ordinary anyways, because I mean, I dream and I always have messed up right. dreams, but it's not anything out of the ordinary to me. Sure. Yeah, no. And actually it's really funny because I was thinking about it as I was reading some of these articles and I realized that since the virus really took hold and this whole pandemic really took hold, my dreams, although every once in a while they're still typical kind of weird, whatever, they're actually relatively calm. Like, I've actually slept better since the pandemic began than I did before the <laughs> pandemic. And it's kind of odd because it's like, why? That doesn't make sense. I know it's weird, but I'm also someone who's uh, obsessive compulsive. I constantly uh, anxious, constantly stressed out. And one of the big factors for me is the thought of things that are unclean, disease ridden, dirty. And so all these people are wearing masks they're wearing gloves. They're using disinfectant like crazy. I think subconsciously, I'm like, hey, this is <laughs> what I want anyway. <laughs> I've been doing this for years. Like, I can have peace because everybody's like, when when the sanitizer comes in at work, it's gone within 30 minutes because everybody's running. Literally, I have coworkers running, sprinting through the store to get to the sanitizer before they're sold out. And I'm like, that's what I like to see because I like clean stuff. <laughs> You know, so it's it's weird, but yeah, I think the type of chaos that is happening, even though it's a horrible thing that's happening, uh, that chaos has brought kind of some kind of peace to my own mind in some way to kind of mm -hmm. prevent me from having some of the dreams that I have. Um, still, again, you know, some weird things here and there, like usual, but right, nothing really out of the ordinary. Nothing like these tidal waves or bugs or anything. Hmm. I mean, nope. I've, I've never really dreamt about bugs, but I can't say that since COVID-19, anything has changed. So I, I guess, again, I guess 
for me, yeah, I've still been having weird dreams, but that's normal for me. I always have weird dreams. On occasion, I don't dream at all or I don't remember them. Um, or it's just not even a weird dream, just almost seems like it's everyday life stuff. Um, right. So I guess it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how this is happening to people. Now, you said you had read two articles and they were pretty similar, but was there any differences between the two? I, I know you mentioned that w- one of them talked about a specialist um, talking about this. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, Dr. Barrett, uh, you know, she she was one of the people who ended up uh, doing a lot of research. She spent decades uh, doing research in dreams. So she ended up comparing these to other notes that she found from 1940. So in 1940, a British Army officer named Kenneth Davies Hopkins began recording the nightly dreams of his fellow inmates at a Nazi prisoner of war camp in Germany. Okay. So he intended to use the data for a doctoral dissertation, but ended up dying of emphysema in the camp before completing the project, leaving behind handwritten records of several hundred dreams. Now, the conditions at the officer's camp were nothing like those at the Nazi-run concentration and death camps. Prisoners were adequately fed, housed, uh, their social interaction and freedom of movement was curtailed, but the majority of the men had not seen much fighting and having been captured in the first battle that they ever fought, uh, Dr. Barrett ended up finding that the inmates who dreamed were very similar to those that were analyzed in 2012. Um, so while there is obviously like not a direct comparison between the prisoners of war and the people who are currently staying home, uh, typically getting bored, but like playing Nintendo and of course the circumstances of the prisoners isolation were confined, but not tortured, deprived, but not starved, separated from friends and family, but permitted to correspond, uh, detained unexpectedly for an unknown period of time actually offers a little bit of insight into the type of dream topography that we're currently seeing today in the modern world with this whole virus happening. So what she calls is she calls this a small proportion of post-traumatic dreams. Basically Uh, the soldiers dreams in this case were blander uh, on most dimensions than what we're seeing today. Um, But in terms of expected male norms uh, based on dream research, the imprisoned men's dreams had less success, good fortune and friendliness, but also less failure, misfortune and aggression. They had less intense social interactions and they also had much less sex in their dreams. Now the dreams also differed from those of other men in their higher nostalgic content, such as common subjects, according to Dr. Barrett were family of origin, distant past and hometown. Sometimes the men dreamed of returning to their families and hometowns only to discover no one had noticed their absence. And another thing that occurred more often and vividly than in the then in the normative sample was something else that prisoners were missing, which was food. She anticipated an uptick in food dreams as virus confinement continues as well. Uh, So, you know, we're thinking that as this virus continues to go and something I actually learned on NPR recently, because the banks are closed, farmers are not currently able to get loans to buy the machinery and the seeds and everything that they need to till the land and their time for planting 
is very minimal within a couple of weeks and they're already on we're on borrowed time already so if they don't get that there's a good chance that one of two things are going to happen either the stores are going to be increasing prices on food there's going to be trouble for anyone who's out of work or there's going to be no food at all because we can't grow any now obviously mm-hmm. that's not going to happen right this moment but as you look down the line to september october november next summer even that's where this issue is going to come up now interestingly during dr barrett's little uh review of these prisoners uh a small percentage of them had dreams that centered around escapes most often very anxious dreams of failed attempts however what's really interesting is that there were two prisoners in the 79 person sample that regularly had dreams of successful escapes but what's interesting about it is that the dream data for both men ends on the same date do you want to know why? Yeah. Because both men ended up escaping. <laughs> so it's interesting. 79 people having dreams of failed escape attempts and the two that had dreams of successful escapes ended up successfully escaping. Kind of weird. Now, what would be interesting is if the article said that they used the methods that they used in the dream to escape. That would be interesting. I'd like to know that. Because then, what, what is it then? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people talk about uh, dreams quite often about how it's possibly messages from the other side or, yeah. you know, pre- pre- premonitions and stuff like that. So that sucks that the article doesn't go in any further into if if they talked about that or not i mean i suppose the person doing the experiment wouldn't have been able to talk to people that escaped i guess but right huh so does the article go um any further about what she's come to determination from looking at that um that information yeah, so, I mean, the, the main thing that she was showing, uh, based on everything that she studied in 2012 with these 1940 um, manuscripts or descriptions of these dreams, compared to what we're learning now, is that even though the dreams are vastly different, the similarity is mainly in the type of anxiety that people are having uh, and how that anxiety tends to revolve or the dreams tend to revolve around the current situation of the person who's dreaming. So in this case, all the prisoners were having dreams about lost, losing family or friends or never being able to see them again. Uh, they're dreaming about, you know, failure of escape, being trapped forever in confinement. Uh, and, and some of the people that we're learning from today having these dreams are doing the same thing. They're dreaming about lost family and never being able to see them again, uh, worried that they're going to be in confinement for the rest of their lives. This virus will never never end you know when you think about this virus when it first showed up we're told oh a few weeks of confinement turned into a couple Mm -hmm. months now they're saying it could be up to two years that we have to deal with this virus and being in and out of work back and forth depending on the season and the situation and all that stuff um so there's a lot of despite being what four months in or something like that there's still a lot of unknowns regarding the virus 
There's still no cure. There's no uh, guarantee that people are going to get better. In fact, when you look around the world, you look at Germany, uh, you look at Italy and a few other places, the countries that have started releasing, I say releasing people, but who started opening doors again, saying, hey, it's okay hmm. to go back out, go to work. They're starting to see an increase in, in coronavirus again. Um, Germany, I, I think it was Germany, they opened the doors, I think, for four days or something like that. I think it was only like four or five days that they everything was starting to open up again. And within a week, they had tallied a total of about 2,600 new cases of coronavirus. So it's very clear that even when it seems like the pandemic is slowing down, it only seems that way because everybody's in their homes. And once everyone mm -hmm. goes back outside again and starts interacting, well, now we have an issue. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of happened here already, too. We, uh, North Dakota decided to open up on Friday and... Mm -hmm. They're uh, with the different meetings at my work. They've talked about how it's increased. I, I mean, not that it was really slowing down a whole lot here, but right now, do you guys wear? Are you guys required to wear masks at work and everything? Or we're not required. It's recommended. Okay. Yeah, but it's that's interesting. It's weird, but I guess that's the difference between something like Bismarck and Mandan area compared to something like Cleveland or New York or any of these bigger states, Orlando, uh, where we have to, we're required to. And if we don't, mm -hmm. we're not allowed into work. You can be fined. You can be arrested. <laughs> it's like all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Um, and unfortunately, some horrible things happening, too. I just heard about a story recently um, about a woman, I guess who didn't wear a mask and a security guard killed her shot her because she wasn't wearing a mask. And it's, that's the type of world that everyone's worried about. That's the, like, when we think about these dreams, this is the type of thing that people fear is being harmed because you don't have a mask. Um, oh, I just heard a story about the opposite of a security guard, not letting somebody in for not wearing a mask and they killed him. Yeah, it's yeah. Well. I mean, people are getting crazy. I, I would listen to a video the other day. I didn't watch it because I didn't really care, but I was I heard it because um, my girlfriend was watching it, and it was this dude who was trying to get into a supermarket without a mask on, and they wouldn't let him in, and he threw a temper tantrum, screaming and yelling about his rights and how he has a doctor's note that he doesn't have to wear a mask. And I'm thinking, you know, if your doctor doesn't have authority over the store like just mm -hmm. because your doctor says you don't have to wear one doesn't mean you can't or it doesn't mean you don't have to wear one in a store you know you got to figure that has to be figured out but you know he was complaining and whining about how he's going to sue the store and this and that and i'm just like these these are the type of people i personally can't stand or if they're temper tantrums and use the situation to try and get money and better you know do whatever they can to just kind of beat the system or cheat the system so but we're going to see more and more of this, I think, as time goes on, especially if the virus increases again and those you know, more people get sick and less people want to wear their masks. It's going to, it's going to be bad. It's unfortunate. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, it almost seems like uh, same thing with the, the idea of the dreams. People are kind of going even more crazy than usual, even though I've heard... Um, articles and or seen articles and heard news 
programs saying, you know, a lot of this stuff is down, like shootings and all this other stuff. And they may well, sure. have been down, but I think, like you said, it's going to increase, especially if it keeps going the way that they're saying, where we're going to be off and on of work and yeah. possible well, food shortage. and Sure, sure. And, and of course, it's all going to be down. Everything's closed. You can't go anywhere, you know. Right. Um, but I'll tell you what, and, and I, you know, I should have done, I should have looked this up because I didn't think we would even talk about this. Um, so I didn't plan on it, but I'll bet for any of you who want to do it and want to check it out. Um, I'll bet if you look up the suicide rates currently during the last few months, you'll find that suicide rates are up significantly. If you also look up abuse within the home, whether it's child abuse or, um, neglect or, you know, some type of disorderly misconduct or something within family members and households, I'll bet all that is up. You know, I'm hearing about people who are getting divorces after two weeks spent together. People who spent 10 years married are getting divorces after two weeks of being stuck in the house at the same time, just 24 seven, you know, and this is the type of thing that's happening now. Um, and, and this was actually something that was warned when everything, before everything had been closed down. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah. Coronavirus is going to unfortunately kill people. It's going to make a lot of people sick. But the numbers aren't going to necessarily be as high as some of these other things like suicide rates, drinking, alcoholism, uh, abuse, things like that are all going to rise within the home. Um, and something else that's important to be considerate of and consider uh, that, you know, when we're stuck, especially if you're someone who tends to suffer from depression and loneliness, stuff like that, there's still ways to connect to people via Zoom or any of those different social medias. You know, it's like, it's funny because over the years, everyone's talked about how horrible social media is. Facebook is horrible and Instagram is horrible. It's just blah, 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 so much crap. And now that's all you have, you know? Um, so it's like trying to find that balance and just trying to find peace in all this. So here's a question for you. And yep. I don't want to get too much more into the whole COVID pandemic crisis thing. And what may have caused it, whatever, whatever is going on. But um, with this social distancing going on, and it, I mean, people have been social distancing for years. I mean, I've been doing it my whole introvert, life. Yeah, I was gonna say, ask any introvert <laughs> or maybe um, OCD person. Um, but do you think that we're heading into a different age? now where it's going to be kind of pushing us into an era of more automation where people's jobs are uh, permanently at risk, uh, more digital buying, that sort of stuff? Um, you know what? I yes and no. I, I think it, it depends on how these companies respond to the, to the situation and what we're going through. Uh, so I know a lot of people who are working from home right now. And I think there's a really good chance that those people who are currently working at home, uh, the companies are going to find that they're saving money by keeping people at home because they don't have to spend the, the expenses for, you know, electricity and gas and whatever it takes to run a building. You know, you don't have to pay the mortgage on it and stuff like that. This can all be done from home and you're going to save the company a ton of money. And I think people are going to start realizing that and being like, okay, well, we can do this from home. Let's just do this from home. 
there are people who aren't going to be able to do that. There's going to be factory workers who are going to have to still do factory stuff, you know, assembly lines and things like that. Um, but whether or not those companies stay in business is a question, different question altogether. Uh, I know there's several companies already shutting down. They just can't do it anymore. It's been two months and they can't stay afloat. They're shutting their doors. And these are companies that would make tons of money, millions a year. And just like that, it's gone. So I think it really depends. Uh, I know things like stores, for example, I think they're always like grocery stores in particular, warehouses, things like that. They're always going to be open. I think uh, there's always going to be, be people who want to get out, especially older people who maybe don't use the internet uh, to order stuff online. Um, but I know like for me, one of the thoughts was in terms of grocery stores. And this is something like Ikea is doing, for example, uh, is they're not letting people in the store, but you can order your stuff online and there will be people in the store who pick the product, box it, and put it out on the curb, and you could drive up and take it off the curb. And if that's something that IKEA, for example, could stick with, they would again save money because they don't have to open doors, but they would also have less people on staff because you only need a handful of people to pick products and throw them out on the curb, which means a lot of people will be losing their job. You're talking about the, the kiosk workers, the people who work in the the restaurants within ikeas you know people who work in these certain individual areas that we just won't need minus the few who work run the the uh, internet or making phone calls or taking phone calls so yeah i think it really depends on the company what that company is uh most restaurants fast food chains i think they're going to do great i just heard recently on a radio show that a uh they think pizza Pizza companies are going to be taking a huge profit now because they've always done delivery and the delivery is only picked up since this has happened and they're going to find new ways to increase that delivery. Um, so they're going to be making more money and they're going to kind of create a new way of producing their food uh, that gets it to gets it to people quicker and in a much broader space. Uh, as opposed to like a local city, it can branch out further than that. Uh, so, you know, who knows what that's going to look like, but I think in terms of the economy, there's a lot that's going to change for sure. I I know for a fact that del food delivery as a whole has picked up because now we have things like food dudes and, um, uh, the, all the other, um, like Uber eats and all that stuff mm -hmm. um, that I'm, I'm sure people are grabbing those jobs, even though technically oh, yeah. they're not jobs, you're kind of like a contractor sort of, but um, I, I bet that's increased drastically. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people come into work who are shopping. They're, they're called Instacarts and they're just, they yeah. find a thing online, you know, they push the button, they take the order and they go shop for those people and they drop it off at their homes. And yeah, I mean, that's another thing that's relatively new and people are making money off of it. I've been hearing how great it is, how easy it is. I mean, why not keep it around? People, you know, people are going to get late. I think this is all going to make people more lazy. They're gonna be like, oh, I don't need to go out to <laughs> shop, you know? <laughs> and one day they're going to be like, oh, I don't need to go to the gas station. The gas station can come to me. Just put in my order. And this truck will drive up this road and be like, okay, I'm here. Fill up your tank. You know, who knows? There's so many possibilities that can open here. Um, 
yeah, I think it just takes the right minds um, to figure out what's going to be needed and what isn't. Because I think what we some things that we need now, we're definitely not going to need once everything goes back to a somewhat normal. Mm-hmm. And I say somewhat because I don't think anything's going to be normal again. Right. Uh, but there's also going to be some things that are starting now that are going to just take off and just dominate most of every other company out there uh, because of the situation. So, right. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, I think that's a good place for us to take our break. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio, Paratruth Radio right here on New Lantern Media. We will be right back right after this. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. What's up, folks, and welcome back to Parachute Radio. We hope you're having a great time and a good evening. I know it's crazy out in this world right now, and I hope you're staying safe indoors. Uh, I hope we're doing a good job of entertaining you. And if not, well, we're sorry. And you can just That's turn it. it off. That's the nice thing about a podcast. Yeah. We hope you don't, but, you know. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, in terms of just all of this, I mean, talking about the dreams and the way COVID is. And, and, you know, it's kind of weird because the one thing I told myself is I'm not going to be one of those podcasts that do a COVID thing because all of the podcasts are doing a COVID (laughs) thing. But the dreams were really interesting to me. Oh, no, yeah. This was definitely an interesting topic because, I mean, yeah, as you said, all all podcasts decided to switch to 
let's talk about COVID-19. And that's why I didn't want to get super in-depth with what's been going on. I just wanted to hear some opinions about stuff. But um, this this was actually one that really intrigued me because, I mean, when I'm actually sick, I do have these weird dreams about not necessarily bugs or tidal waves, but monsters trying to get me or uh, dying of a, a fatal illness, something like that. So it well, does make sense to me. It th- yeah. So, but now that you mentioned that, so you, you say that you have, when you're sick, you might have dreams about monsters trying to, you know, chasing you or, mm-hmm. you know, dying or something like that. So in, in terms of keeping parachute real or parachute real parachute, what it is, and that is real, keeping it real. Uh, we've had discussions on the show about how dreams can be infected by either uh, ghosts or demonic entities and how illnesses can also be the cause of some of these entities as mm-hmm. well. So the, the fact that you're having dreams about monsters when you're sick, do you think that could correlate to the possibility that there are indeed monsters making you sick or is it just random coincidence? Um, I don't know that they're making me sick, but in my weakened state i feel that it's easier for them to i guess attack is the best word mm-hmm. to to use here so in my opinion i don't think they're making me sick but i think that they are taking advantage of of the weakness for sure okay what about yeah, you what I mean, are your it, thoughts on that um you know it's one of those things where i've all you know i've always been up in the air with it because i think there's a little <laughs> yeah. bit of both you know i think both like i think getting ill or being ill whether it's physical like a, like a cold or the flu or something like that or a mental illness uh is both part of humanity but it can also be triggered by some type of entity um mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily go hand in hand it could be one or the other or they could be combined you know like a trigger or whatever that you know, whatever. Uh, but I just thought it was really interesting that maybe if indeed, like when I was going through my demonic experiences um, back in 2008, 2007, 2008, you know, I was seeing things while I was awake, but then those same things are still haunting me in my sleep. So it was like reality was the shadows, the things sitting on my bed, brushing my hair, talking to me, whispering, but then when I was asleep, there were vivid monsters showing up, uh, faces with these weird tentacles and, you know, odd creatures ripping body parts off of me and stuff like that, you know. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing where they go hand in hand. But I've never had a dream like when I was ill that I would have a dream about monsters or anything. So, I mean, if I was having constant sickness and then there was dreams involved with that i would say Mm -hmm. maybe because for me it's very rare that i get sick if i get sick and if i do get sick it's as of late maybe a couple of days and i'm feeling better Uh, Mm -hmm. but if i get sick and it's only once it's very rare thing i'm not sick all the time then i feel that it's more so things can take advantage of it over it actually causing me sick. If some, I, I do have an opinion that if you're constantly getting, getting sick, 
you should look into what type of act other activity is going on in your home that it, an entity could be. Yeah, absolutely. But in my particular instance, I just think it's more so it's it's taking advantage of over actually causing the sickness. Right. So this is more of, so what you're saying is if you're getting ill randomly at the expected time of year that most people would get ill, figure you get the cold during the fall mm -hmm. and winter, you know, you may get a weird strain during the summer. Um, no big deal. But if you're constantly falling ill over and over and over again, but you're a relatively healthy person, then we start thinking of right. oppression, demonic right. oppression, or even affliction or spiritual oppression. It doesn't necessarily have to be demonic. It could be, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of evidence. And I say evidence loosely because it's <laughs> evidence is so vague in the paranormal community. Right. Um, but there's evidence that even ghosts consider a ghost sickness um, mm -hmm. can somehow create an illness, even unintentionally by trying to get somebody's attention or while trying to get somebody's attention. So, and there's a lot that comes to that from that, you know, the idea that spirits drain energy in order to empower themselves, you know, when, when our bodies drain, what happens? There's a good chance that our white blood cells kind of slow down, don't produce as quickly, which ends up getting us ill. We don't sleep as well or whatever, you know? So I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of ripple effects when something like that happens. Uh, so maybe you're not intentionally being oppressed by a ghost, but the ripple that's like five or six out, you're being oppressed by a ghost, you know, right. it's well on top of that though, too. also look into, and this is part of my skeptical brain going on, look into high EMF. Do you have carbon dioxide poisoning going on because there are houses that have huge carbon dioxide footprints then they just don't realize it because they don't have a detector or mm -hmm. it do you have gas leaking do you have sewage gas somehow leaking into your house i mean there's multiple factors but if it's just like a typical illness such as a cold over like major headaches and insomnia and stuff like that really look into it because there are other factors. And, you know, I, I think as humans, we tend to jump to the woo factor quite often because we don't have the tools to determine the other stuff going on. Right. So, but I, um, I do. Yeah. There, there is two factors that, or, more factors into it, I think, other than just, hey, I'm sick, I'm having nightmares, or I'm constantly getting sick, I'm having nightmares, I'm seeing stuff during the daytime or in reality, and that sort of a thing compared to, uh, you know, like the something causing me to get sick. Right. Hmm. So, I, and... Do you, do you think that as well where it should be really whittled down to, is there something more going on other than something like not non-human is causing me to get sick? Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, as, as an investigator, even if you're not an investigator, you should always investigate, you know, especially if you think if you're, if your first conclusion is, oh gosh, I'm being attacked by some spiritual entity. 
I mean, that shouldn't be your first conclusion. It could be a theory, <laughs> right? But then test that theory. You know, go out and investigate, figure it out. See if you got, like you said, check those EMF. Uh, your if you have an EMF detector. I mean, there's if you don't have one, they're very cheap online. Uh, there's plenty of ways you can figure it out. You know, uh, just test that kind of stuff. Make sure everything is normal. Debunk everything you can that could possibly cause you whatever that illness is. And when all those things are checked off and marked as good, then you can start saying, okay, maybe there's a ghost or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. some spiritual aspect to this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you're, you're, you should ever jump straight to the conclusion that you're being haunted because, you know, the problem with that kind of thinking is if you're thinking it all the time, you open a door because if you're thinking about it, you're probably talking about it. And if you're talking about it, there's doors opening. Uh, and this is something we, we preach on this, on this channel is be careful what doors you're opening. And it's so easy to open doors. It's not simply just calling out to a spirit. It's not just pulling a Ouija board out of your closet and think, Oh, I'm gonna open a door. And you open a door, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the intention so behind much... what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you got to definitely be careful with it. Cause you, there's plenty of skeptics out there who've opened doors and then mm-hmm. now they're no longer skeptics. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, yeah. Take it one step at a time. Think first before reacting and acting to whatever it is you think might be happening. So, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, before we sign on out of here, there is something I do want to mention. And I don't know if you noticed or if you came across this or saw, heard anything about it, but I thought it's kind of interesting. And anyone who's interested in it, since we do like paranormal, um, this weekend, May 9th in particular. So it starts Saturday, May 9th, 24 hours a day for full week, seven days. The house, the real house that basically is the conjuring. It's what mm-hmm. influenced the conjuring movies is going to be live streamed and you can click through all these live streams and basically investigate the house yourself 24 seven, watch everything happening with the chance of possibly seeing some crazy activity. Now you can check this out on the dark zone website. Uh, I believe, I think it's just dark. It might just be darkzone.com. I don't actually know for sure. Um, you can also go, I think you can go on YouTube and Voodoo, iTunes, things like that, and pay a subscription. You can watch it as well. But you're it's basically like a like a pay-per-view, which kind of sucks. It's $24.99, and you get it for the entire week, and you can go on anytime you want. Um, it's gonna be hosted by the Dark Zone. Don't know much about it, don't know exactly <laughs> what we're gonna be seeing. Uh it could be cool. I don't know if you guys are into that kind of thing. I, I enjoy watching like the, the all nighter ghost shows every once in a while, but I don't know how I feel about spending $30 practically. <laughs> right. To, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> now it could be cool. I, I mean, another thing that COVID has touched base is now we're social distance ghost hunting. 
essentially yeah. is what the, what this is going it's... on right there but and you know on top of that I, I could be wrong on this but it seems like there's a lot of companies and, and people trying to take advantage of this whole thing like charging oh, sure. for this and it's like you know in my opinion and this is just my opinion i honestly feel it should be streamed for free i mean people are going freaking crazy being at home and not being able to do anything i and and again my opinion but uh, what are your thoughts on that do are people capitalizing on this hell hell yeah they are i mean (laughs) let me let me just rephrase that uh hell yeah they are i guess that wasn't really rephrasing but yeah of course they are um i mean when you consider what this what this property has already made the people who own this house who've given the rights to hollywood to create the conjuring in the first place and the conjuring huge movie huge success plenty of you know big blockbuster films um that spanned over multiple movie deals they're making money and now here we are again they want 24.99 to walk into the house for 24 hours a day for seven straight days yeah they're making they're trying to make money off of this easy and they're going to make money off of it because as you said at the beginning of the show people are bored what i can tell you and this i guess you can't quote it as a fact but and i wouldn't say you know i just said don't jump to conclusions but people are already having bad dreams to begin with yeah. because they're bored yeah. and now they're going to watch this and whether or not anything we see is even going to be real. I can't say TV is one of the most fake things that you will ever experience for anyone who actually experiences fake TV. Now being someone myself who worked in the industry has seen a lot of stuff that I thought would be real end up being fake. It's all scripted. Everything's scripted. So I'm hoping that this is going to be legitimate, but there's still a good chance that they're going to have something set up opening doors in some way or making certain creeks or shadows pass by. Uh, I don't know if you're actually going to have control of any of the cameras. Like if you're going to be able to switch from like room A to room B or room B to room C, or if the hosting network, which is the dead zone is going to have control over that. And you're just going to sit there and watch, you know, a for an hour and then it's going to switch over to, you know, room D and whatever. If that's the case, I'm going to question a lot of stuff. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, it's one of those things. It's definitely a marketing ploy. It's a way to make money. They're going to make money. That's a fact. Um, you know, part of me wants to wants to watch it just to review it on a later episode of Paratruth. We'll see. Uh, I know, like my sister and I were talking about it, and the only way we do it is if we multiple, like several of us, combine money so that we pay less money <laughs> individually for it. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see, but it might be exciting. It may be a total waste of money. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got some great stuff coming to New Lantern Media. I know I said this on Crime Crack, but uh, we've got a new show on called Two Girls and a Zoom Potato. And it's basically about 
two girls who are basically cooler than the Zoom potato because they have watched a show, played a video game, uh, read a book, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so they're trying to convince the Zoom potato to be cool with them and take part in whatever they're talking about. And I think the pilot was done really well. It was really refreshing not having to hear Eric and I's voice on New Lantern Media. Um, it was definitely a pilot. They are new at this, so take that into account when you're listening because it. I think it was a good episode. Uh, it They just needed some guidance, so we are working on that with them. And um, we have some ideas from other for other new shows. Uh, Eric has a, an idea for a show he wants to do with... Uh, is it with Aaron or just by yourself? It will be. Nope. Okay. It'll, uh, so I'll be I'll be hosting, but uh, I have my sister and a friend who are currently doing a, a web series. They just released four episodes, and we're going to be doing an in depth, uh, kind of a a behind the scenes podcast where we cover each episode in depth, things that have happened on set, the type of people that worked on it type of incidents they have and you know all that little behind the scenes content that you can get we're going to do on a podcast so anyone who watches the web series uh and you should check it out it's called audition life it's really funny just google it you should find it if not go ahead uh, i'll post something else actually up in uh new lantern later on so you guys can just click on it um but yeah if, if you're interested in it once the full series is released you can re-watch it along with the podcast, which is going to be complimentary to each episode. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's really cool. Great couple of women who worked hard to do this project, especially during this time, because they did just get another episode released. They shot it, edited it, and released it within the last couple of weeks separately in two different houses because, you know, they live in L.A. and they have to obey the... <laughs> <laughs> The whole, you know, staying, the pandemic staying away rules, from each other social thing. media, yep. uh, distancing. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. I'm going to host it. We're going to have special guests on. We're going to have different filmmakers on who joined the project uh, and those who left the project. And it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. So hopefully we get that up running sooner than later, but it's definitely coming. Right. Well, and we do have an idea for a writing podcast as well. And uh, myself and a couple of the board of the Bizman Writers Guild that I founded want to do a podcast about writing, not just with local writers, but with writers throughout the United States. And, you know, I my idea with that is, is yes, we do want to bring uh, recognition and awareness of the local writers here in North Dakota, but there are numerous writers throughout the U.S., uh, even the world, that have not been found by what we would call the traditional publishing companies because it's become so saturated now with writers or authors, I should say. And so, you know, we really want to give a voice to them. So there's that coming up as well. Um, I'm sure there's other podcasters out there or potential podcasters that have an idea for a, a show. So if you do have an idea for a show, you want to get on the platform that has been doing this for 12 years now it's yep. kind of hard to say that every time i say it but it's <laughs> been going for 12 years that we've been podcasting new lantern is relatively new of course but uh we have the the background to help people to 
have the audience because we do have followers on Spreaker and other places. So if you have an idea for a show, reach out to us, uh, newlanternmedia1 at gmail.com. Um, or you can just go to the website, newlanternmedia.com. And uh, yeah, just give us an idea that you want to come up with. If you have the pitch ready, absolutely give that to us. If you have some pre-recorded audio of the show that you have in mind, definitely give that to us as well because we are constantly looking for new content, especially because we have done three shows ourselves. At I mean, more than that, but on New Lantern. And so we yeah. want other people's voices. So. Well, we want other people's voices. And you know what? It's We love being hosts. We love hosting. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of work. But we're also really interested in just getting, like, Justin and I, when we first started, we had nobody to really support us or guide us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it took years before we actually really found people to, to help us out. And now we kind of want to do that same thing in return. It's kind of like giving back. We want to produce. We want to make something of everybody else as well. Let those dreams come true. So, yeah, if anyone, as you said, any ideas you have, if you have a pitch, send it to us via email. If you have a video pitch, even better. We'd love to hear your voice, see what your personality is and how you're going to basically sound and as you're hosting it or what your look is if you decide to do a YouTube video because we're doing that as well. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's plenty of options and we'd love to talk to you. We just want to talk right. to you. And if it yeah. works out great, the best part about it is it costs you nothing. So practically <laughs> it's hard to pass that up. Right. All right, folks. Well, uh, that's about all we've got for this episode. We do plan on releasing more within the next couple months uh it might be here and there eric might be hosting a couple of himself uh you know who knows what's going to be going on you know i am trying to concentrate on both my writing and the uh the bizman writers guild but i am missing podcasting i, I do plan on doing more episodes of paratruth um i do want to get back to doing maybe a couple of episodes of beyond reason but uh my whole point of leaving both shows was because the paranormal is getting a little stagnant for me but um that's all i've got anything further from you sir uh all i want yeah just one more thing real quick for those of you who recently subscribed to us and started following us on facebook as well we know who you are thank you for doing that we're glad you're part of our team and uh, we hope that this show is coming to you at a good time when you need it. So uh, keep checking it, checking back. You know, we have all the archives on our on the site. Uh, you can go on a Spreaker, just check it out, uh, listen to all the Paratruth, all the Beyond Reason, all the Crime Crack. And, of course, we, do we have a date as to when the next uh, Two Girls and Zoom Potato is coming out? Is there uh, any, thought, any idea? will be – actually, it's coming up. It will be May 13th. Because that is exactly right, so, one month from the previous episode. So great, cool. So you got just about two weeks for that one. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you to everybody for sticking around, and we'll talk to you soon. So until next time, as always, my name is Eric, and I'm Justin. Peace. This is-
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.